0: Hey and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors Podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. On Tuesdays, I give you tinkering Tuesdays with gear reviews and mindset. And then on Saturdays like today, you get to have amazing or hear amazing conversations that I've had the pleasure of having with these individuals that are either experts in their field, something that I've found that I can learn from. Maybe I've looked up to them or Whatever it may be, they've done. They've had some sort of experience that I want to share with you is what it boils down to, no matter who it is on the show. Today we have an amazing guest, Brian Barney. If you haven't heard of him, guys, definitely go check out Brian's stuff. He works with Eastman's. He just goes around. Blue-collar guy, loves to travel and hunt and earn his way and just loves bow hunting, was into rifle hunting as well. He just loves the outdoors. He's also a family man an amazing individual to see his work ethic and strive to accomplish the things that he's accomplished and he's continuing to raise that bar for even himself. So you're going to love this conversation, guys. Before I get into the conversation, though, I want to let you know that if you are getting something out of this show, if you're getting something out of the YouTube channel or both, I would really appreciate if you would leave a review and share it with just one person today leave a review and share it with one person. And then if you're watching on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment, ask questions, shoot me emails, follow me on Instagram and send me messages there, guys. I love to interact with you guys. If you have any questions, ask them. I love to hear from you guys, the listeners. And please leave those reviews, guys. It helps way more than you know. It's free and that's a great way to be able to support the show. Now let's get into the great conversation I had with Brian Barney. All right everybody, welcome back. I've got an amazing guest for you guys today. We've got Brian Barney. And Brian here, he ha- he's a wealth of knowledge. Just from the little bit of time that I've come across his information, he's been doing the podcast game for 7-8 years, uh but also on top of that, he actually gets out and and does what he talks about. He goes and hunts. He's got an amazing rug up there on the wall. Uh, that I'm jealous of. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got lots of things going on in, in Brian's life. But Brian, uh, in a nutshell, who are you for the listeners that may not know who you are, or maybe they do, and you just want to give a fresh perspective of who you are?
1: Yeah, thanks for the introduction. That's really kind. So uh, my name's Brian Barney. Uh, I run a podcast, Eastman's Elevated, and been running that for seven, eight years. And um Basically I'm just a die hard bow hunter like uh, uh I'm a carpenter by trade I have a small construction company and um, just uh moved to Montana and immerse myself at the out in the outdoors at like the age of 19 and I was doing it before then I come from the Olympic Peninsula but basically just fell in love with the uh, the bow and arrow, and um, uh, chasing western game uh, elk and mule deer and bears and antelope—and basically anything they'll let me chase with the bow. And so, immerse myself in that world, and um, was just a student of the game. And uh, the more I learned, the more effort I put in, the harder I worked at it, the more I could achieve. And And I could also go on like these amazing adventures like the the lower 48 in the West and really, you know, Alaska, Hawaii, the world, they all offer like these amazing adventures where the world isn't nerfed, where your decisions directly affect your safety and directly affect your success. And to me it was like the ultimate challenge. And, and, um, you know, I'd put in all this work in preseason with my running and shooting and map research and work on all these hunting skills. And then, you know, I'm just like the, the rest of the guys out there that I'm, I'm hunting public land, do it yourself all on my own research and started to find success and success in other places and started to write about it through Eastman's and be published and eventually got on as a staff writer and then had this idea to start the podcast and, uh, get into video work. And so been capturing my adventures on video as well that you can find on YouTube. And, um, Man, so I'm just uh, I've crafted and living my absolute best life, like going on a bunch of amazing adventures, bow hunting, and then sharing it with the world. So that's kind of the the thirty thousand foot view of um, Brian Barney and and uh, what I bring to the table.
0: No, that that's amazing, and that's a good overview because honestly, you know, and that's what I noticed. And I was going to ask you, do you do rifle hunting at all? Because it seems like you do a lot of bow hunting, which is. Amazing, in and of itself, the success that you've had with a bow. I mean, anyone that has picked up a bow and has hunted for any amount of seasons can understand how limited the success rate is for any of us archers out there. Any anybody that goes out with a bow, uh, whether it be and even less so with a long bow, you know or a recurve. Uh, but you know with with the the compound bow, it can still be really difficult because you're still getting to within those fifty yards or less. Uh, to get some of those shots and and the success that you've had is outstanding. So definitely want to dive into that a little bit. But I love the fact that you you're a public land hunter. Which again, there's nothing I've mentioned this before. There's nothing against people that go on private land and hunt private land by any means or against rifle hunters by any means. If you're doing that and you're getting outside and you're enjoying it, go for it. But there's another level of struggle that goes into public land hunting. You're bumping into other people. Maybe there's less population of the animals you're going after. There's so many other things that go into it. So what has, I guess, first off, when did you start hunting? How old were you when you started hunting?
1: Yeah, so I started hunting uh, with my family. I think I passed hunter safety at the age of ten a- in Washington, and so uh, I would start to go with my family throughout those years. And and really throughout those years, uh, you know, we would go hunting for blacktails and Roosevelt's out on the coast. And I I really enjoyed it. I had a passion for it. It was uh, uh, going with a lot of my family, but. Really, I was into um, sports and um, girls in high school and had uh, uh, other things that were taking up my time. And so really, it was like um, I learned these valuable lessons in wrestling. Like I fell in love with that and I would put all my time and effort into it. And the harder I worked, the more I could achieve, the harder I I, I worked at my skills and the, the harder I worked at being in shape, the more I could achieve. And then, you know, after high school wrestling was over, I didn't have a place for my passion and felt a bit lost. And that's when I uh, kind of found bow hunting and my family started me in rifle hunting. And then I think I got my first bow at... Um, 16 years old worked for my dad throughout the summer uh, on a on a construction project and then was able to get my first bow and started bow hunting and had you know limited success and then um you know like able to arrow a couple critters but then you know after I got out of high school it was like needed a place for my passion and I just poured it into bow hunting and I found that those same lessons that I learned in wrestling and in life they applied directly to bow hunting and for me when I find something I love uh, I'm all in. And so I was all in on hunting. I moved from Washington to Montana just for uh, some awesome outdoor opportunities. And and I wasn't bow only to start with. I would do any season. I was shed hunting, rifle hunting, uh, uh, bow hunting, You know, bear hunting in the spring, like whatever experience that I could get and that I could gain. But as the years went on, like I had such a love for like the thrill of getting close, like into a stone's throw of an animal. And I, I really got hooked by the challenge like uh, it is so difficult to show up in a new place on planet Earth and, and be there for a week or week and a half and dive in and then, you know, be able to get to a stone throw of an animal and then put a perfect arrow through him and keep my composure through this fog of adrenaline and and also get to hunt just the wildest places, man. I mean, the, the wildest places in the lower 48, like some of these places you're able to hunt high country mule deer is above 10,000, above 12,000 feet in elevation. And it's, you know, filled with these alpine basins and rock shoots and super rugged terrain that just requires that I train year round at it. And so like I just got hooked on on bow hunting and and then I started to have some success bow hunting just due to the work I was putting in. And once I started to have a little bit of success, it was like, you know, I killed a a great bull with a rifle. It's been probably 18 years ago or 19 years ago, something like that. And I killed that bull and I was really happy for the harvest. I had hunted them hard late season and I learned a lot a lot of these lessons through late season hunting but I killed that bull and I was like man I really want to kill a bull like that with my bow and if I want to kill him like that with my bow I have to put all my time and effort into it and so that's when I committed to bow only and I haven't looked back now it's you know it's been 18 19 years maybe 20 years and um bow only and I think I I just really I I love how difficult it still is to be able to harvest a trophy animal and the dedication and um, uh, the dedication to the craft. And then also the commitment to being in top physical shape and being able to command my bow. And so I've just gone down each of these rabbit holes to to improve my skill sets to where like I can show up in a unit or at a trailhead and be undeniable. And it's, it's not like I'm a hundred percent on these hunts, but I run a pretty high percentage on, on trophy animals. And I think that's what I'm still in love with to this day.
0: That's amazing. That, that's a, that's a cool transition. Cool story for those of you that don't know, and I've never really hunted in Washington. The fact that you started there and kept with it, it says a lot because from what I understand about Washington, it is not an easy state to hunt Blacktail uh, blacktail or elusive. The elk aren't as loud and vocal. They're a lot more quiet. It's very thick and dense, um, especially if you're hunting the Roosevelt. So, you know, that the fact that you stuck with it, it says a lot um, on top of the fact that you didn't just, you know, you weren't just provided a bow. You weren't just given it. You actually went out and earned it. Uh, worked for your dad for a while. That says a lot as well about about the character, you know, and and the drive that you had as a as a young person. And now, you know, you you've moved up to where, you know, and and I want to delineate where because some people may hear trophy and misunderstand. What I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong here. When you say trophy animal, you see the maturity of the animal as the trophy, not just going out and and looking for antlers. Cause some people take that. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and talk about how there's this idea of trophy hunting and what is a trophy to you? I guess, so I don't put words in your mouth. What does it mean for you to be a, a, a true trophy, I guess, trophy hunter?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, for me, like it's all about the experience and the adventure and going on these trips and, and, um, uh the meat is the the most uh, nutrient dense organic protein on the planet like the the wild meat that we get off these animals is absolutely amazing and so Uh, I have two daughters. I have a wife. All we eat is wild game. We don't buy any game in the freezer. We work hard on our recipes. The, the animals that I harvest with my bow sustain us for the next year and sustain my passion. I'm really fueling my body with the, the best protein on the planet. And so I cherish every ounce of that meat. And, um, so it's like, well, why wouldn't I just go out and shoot the first deer I saw? And, and the deal is, is like, um, there's, uh, like This this challenge level or this difficulty level in harvesting older age class animals and the older age class animals are healthy for the herd's population. If you kill every buck before his prime, uh, then you're not going to have very good genetics or a very good, uh, like healthy herd in the space. And so. Um, yeah, it's like uh, I set these goals upon myself, and it's not based on uh, antler size. It is based on uh, maturity of the animal and age class of the animal. And uh, I'm like everybody, like a, a giant rack gets me excited, and uh, I love chasing giant critters, uh, but I like chasing mature critters. And if it's a, a 150, 160-inch mule deer that's a prairie mule deer that's lived to be five, six, seven years old, it presents this ultimate challenge to me. And I'm just ex- as excited to harvest deer like that than I am to harvest a five, six or seven year old deer that has a 200 inch rack. And so um, really, it's just the maturity level of these animals. I I cherish the meat and protein, but it's like putting, uh, it's putting a higher challenge on myself to try to harvest these mature animals. It's good for the herd health And, um, you know, throughout the years I've gotten really proficient at my bow where it isn't a problem to make sure that my freezer's full every year. Um, so, so really it's just the challenge to me. So yeah, I, I say trophy animals, um, and and I do cherish like all the, the animals, like all these different species I get to chase. Um, but really I'm looking for the older age class for the challenge and for the, the health of the herd.
0: Perfect. No, I, I love that. And I figured I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but I figured that's what a lot of people, they hear trophy and they think lion, zebra, giraffe, like all these crazy animals. You're just going out there for the, that trophy, the shiny thing, but people that I've known that actually enjoy the experience like yourself, and I haven't known you for very long, but people like you that I've, that I've known that seem to be in that kind of class of individual that have hunted for years and enjoy the mature animal. Of course, a a good rack is going to get you excited, right? It's cool to see that. But it, what's cool about it is the way you kind of break it down. You see the health of the animal. You in in that giant rack when when it's huge and you can't wrap your hands around the bases, you know that tells you that that an, the animal was healthy. He ate well. He was providing you know good areas for his herd, uh, and he he lived a good life and he was mature. So. You know, things like that. I just like to delineate that for people because some people misunderstand when people say trophy. For you, that's a trophy. Getting that meat to provide for your your family, watching that mature animal and the difficulty of going after a deer or an elk that is that mature age class. Like they're on a whole nother level. They've seen, they've been called in, they've seen humans, they've heard arrows whiz by, they know what's up. So that's a whole nother challenge. And that's cool that that's, that's what gets you excited. I love hearing that. So let's kind of pivot a little bit here and talk about, you brought up your, your wife and daughters. How is it that you find that there's never really a true balance? I guess a lot of people look for that balance and there's during hunting season, you're a lot more focused on hunting and a little bit less on the family, but how do you maintain that quote unquote balance in your life? being a good family man, husband, father, and a good hunter.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on, man. I think it is like, um, It is a balance, right? And like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it does me no good to be this great bow hunter and then be divorced from my wife and have my kids hate me, you know? And so it is like this balance. But, you know, I've been able to get my wife and my family on board. Like they know how much it means to me. They know my passion for bow hunting and how hard I work at it. And so, for me, it's like, um, you know, I just work hard at all facets of my life. And so as far as being a husband or being a father, it's like um, uh, so many people spend the time with their family, but aren't present. They're thinking about work or thinking about stress. And when I am with my family, I am present. I'm not looking at my phone. Uh, We share dinner every night at the dinner table. We laugh, we joke, we watch shows together, we take vacations together. And so I put so much effort into my family and being present and having these experiences with them as well and and they know that um, bow hunting which I I share hunting and my girls have all been hunting with me you know it's not quite their deal they have school and sports and friends and family it's more like to get out for an adventure with dad and so every year I make time to do that but they're you know they don't have the same fun as I have. Like I like to suffer. Like I like to go out and really push my limits physically and mentally. And that's with miles and with days and with this ultimate challenge that we talk about. And so Uh, you know, basically I, I put in the time, you know, at my work and making sure that I'm responsible and that I'm getting things done on the construction site. And I make sure that when I leave, my clients know that I'm gone and I've got a project manager and that I've handled absolutely everything that I can have. And as far as the hunting industry, I've got podcasts lined up, podcasts recorded. And so really I I'm like trying to live my life, uh, in this balanced state. And, and sure, during hunting season, it gets a bit out of balance as I'm trying to spend as much time in the mountains and on these adventures as I can. But in that same breath, I've spent the time in the summer with the family, like hanging out at the lake. And I've spent time barbecuing and we've done vacations. And they know that that this is my time. And so Like I've been really open about it and we have these conversations and discussions, and I've got it to where, you know, I don't fight my wife to go hunting. Like she is on board and is my biggest fan and supports me wholeheartedly. And the reason she does that is like the time in the off season that I spend with my family, like being connected with my family, being engaged every evening, every day that I spend with them. And so uh, for me, it's like how I do one thing is how I do everything. And so I try to be like the best husband and father I can, the best business owner I can, and also the best bow hunter I
0: can. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I really love that you, you mentioned that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And that's, that, that's really key because, you know, if you're not present while you're up on the mountain, it's hard to be a good hunter. If you're not present while you're with your family, it's hard to be a good husband and father. So, you know, that, that's, that's really key. Now I, I do want to ask, cause there's also a lot of people out there that are struggling to find that balance. You know, when did it click for you? Cause I'm, I mean, maybe you, maybe the, from the moment you got married, you were perfect and you knew exactly how to hold that balance or maybe not, but how, how long did it take for that to click? And for you to realize to be present in each situation individually, man, it's, um, I
1: definitely wasn't good at the start. (laughs) I have, uh, you know, I've made, I've made mistakes like, uh, through bow hunting and through life and through my marriage, like, uh, and you have to readjust and improve. And so like, I think life, like we're getting better as we go, or that's the goal anyways. And so you gain perspective, the more you go through life and and the further you go. So like, um, I've just learned along the way and gain these perspectives along the way. Um, And it's just through uh, trial and error and living my life and wanting to live my best life. So, you know, I can't remember like an actual switch. I know that I've been heading this direction and created this life I want to live for the last 25 years. I've been working in this direction, but I wasn't good at it at the start. Like I had to make 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 mistakes. I had to readjust, you know, I have been out of balance at times in my life, like, uh, hunting too much or not being engaged or being stressed out when I'm home and, uh, uh, not interacting with my family. And I just like, um, you know, these times in the mountains and these bow hunts, like really it shaped me. And so it gives me time to reflect when I'm in the mountains by myself for ten days. I can't hide from myself. Like I get to see who I mm-hmm. truly am and I get to evaluate my life and my interactions with my family, my interactions at work and try to like adjust those when I get back. And and so, you know, I think this this bow hunting. Has really turned me into the person I am because it's given me something to work for, something I love with like every fiber of my being, something that I wanna be doing as much as possible. And so, you know, through that love of it, you know, it's like, Made me work hard at work to be able to create financial stability and have myself out of debt, so I can spend more time in the woods. Like, um, to to be up in the woods, like, um, to be able to share my stories, to come home and have my family's support and family's love, and like, that's what I think about, like, on these hunts that get really challenging and adverse weather, and and and, and like, I just feel like like so gracious and humble that I get to spend this time out there doing what I truly love to do, and so. Then when I reflect back and I get home, it's like, well, man, I really got to go out to dinner with the girls or do a barbecue or I really got to spend some time or let them know how much I appreciate them. And so like, no, man, I wasn't good at it at first. I've made every mistake in the book, but I try to readjust and I try to just gain this perspective in my life and how I'm operating. And I like to put my head down at night and like feel like i Uh, accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish and also like my family interactions were positive. And so if they, you know, they're not going to be every single day. And so, you know, there's going to be some nights or some days where I reflect back and go, man, I really didn't handle that situation. Right. Like I I need to go back and have this conversation with my girls and say, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about this the right way. Like, uh, you know, I was stressed because of, uh, of X, Y and Z. And here's the adjustments I'm going to make. And here's how I'm going to do it different. And so I think it's like um, I think life, we just get better as we go. And I'm I'm definitely not the smartest one out there, but I try to like gain this perspective in like how I'm operating day to day and I try to improve upon it.
0: No, I love that. I and I I asked that because again, people in your class of of Hunter that have figured out that balance, it's hard for people that are just getting started to maybe understand that you didn't start that way. And so I love I love your perspective of it was a constant progression, right? It will get better as long as you again, you highlighted very well, you make those pivots. You actively choose to make that different. It's not just going to magically get better. You have to recognize where you messed up, take responsibility for it, and then go back and show your family that you care. Show your business that you care about your business for the reason of your family and not being in debt and wanting to to be able to have more time in the mountains where you can actually be present there. Because if you're not, again, if you're not present at home, if you're not present at work, you can't be present in the mountains because you're going to be worried about, oh, did I get this email or did I miss a phone call or did I miss this meeting or you know, did I miss this for with my family? So I, I love that perspective and the fact that it's 25 years in the making. That's that. I mean, that's quarter of a century, man. That's <laughs> that's that's significant. Don't remind of time, me. I got so that's those awesome. grays
1: coming in. But um, yeah, that's really good <laughs> insight, man. You're absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah, no, and I love that. And there's a lot of people that, that listen that are family members, you know, they, they are either spouses or, you know, they're looking to get married and they need that, that information from people like you, um, who have lived it and have learned to get better and have gotten to the point where you're comfortable. I mean, you, you seem very, I guess the confident would be the word whenever, like you said, you show up at the trailhead, you're ready to go. You show up for your family for dinner. You're enjoying your family time. You show up for business, it's business, right? And and so that that's awesome that you've got that um that ability to be present in all of those situations. So that's really cool. Um, I guess I, I'd like to ask you, how do you prepare? You mentioned you work out, you run, you shoot. What are some ways that you prepare throughout the do you even have an off season? I guess is summer <laughs> your off season? <laughs>
1: there's There's a bit of a slow season, but yeah, not much off season. I've kind of filled my schedule with these hunts that go throughout the year, but yeah, it's um. I I definitely like it means so much to me. It's like a bit of like how I pay my dues and, and I was doing it before anybody was watching or paying attention or before anybody, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before it became the hot, cool thing to do in hunting. Like people thought I was crazy when I first started as I was running marathons and ultra marathons to prepare for these hunts. And, um, Uh, Now it's a bit more of common ground that people see the benefits of being able to work out. But I just looked at, at hunting as like this complete hunting skill. And it's all these, all these facets that all these building blocks that go in to make a complete hunter. And I saw how important physical fitness was. I saw that the mountains are brutal and elevation is brutal and carrying a backpack for days on end. And so like I started tapping into that. And so my workouts, like I really like trail running. Uh, I like rucking as well. Rucking gets the weight on my back, gets me used to the pack weight. But with trail running, and I don't run anything flat, I don't run any pavement. It's all trails. I live in Ennis, Montana. I live in a beautiful place and I can be to a trail out my back door. I have permission from the ranches and then also so many trailheads to go running. And so my key when I'm working out is I get elevation. And with trail running, I can just put a higher exertion on my body in a shorter amount of time. So like 45 minutes, I can get such a solid workout that would take me three hours of rucking to get the same workout. And so I'm able to condense this time. And, and so really I just build these habits in my life that are positive. And so for me, I'm definitely running more in the summer months as a lot of these trails open up and things, but, uh, pretty much I just run, six, seven days a week. And again, this is a progression. Like I started out with, you know, three days a week or every other day. And Mm. so I really enjoy the trail running. It's actually become like another love of mine. And so every day I'm paying my dues in the mountains and I'm running a thousand feet of elevation, 1500 feet of elevation. I'm working on my cardiovascular system. And it's also like, it's a a two-prong approach is where I'm working on my physical fitness and making sure that I'm in top physical shape for these brutal hunts but i'm also sharpening my mind like i'm getting like this um I'm building these calluses on my mind. Like I'm having to put one leg in front of the other. I'm building discipline because I'm making myself put on my running shoes every day. And that's whether it's 20 below and the snow's blowing or it's raining mm. sideways, or if it's a nice sunny day. And I love to run in the toughest time of the day. So like, uh, uh, I'll wait today for the heat of the day when it's above 80. And by the time it gets to summer, I'll be running in nineties and hundreds, trying to get my body heat adapted for these early season hunts. And so So for me, it like builds discipline, it builds mental toughness, which is another major pillar to success is building physical fitness, mental toughness is building like my shooting skill. I shoot my bow nearly every single day and I'm working on on the focus and concentration of executing these quality shots, you know, I'm working on this skill set of archery because once season gets here, I'm stuck with the skills that I've worked to uh, work to get. Like you don't really get much better during hunting season because you're not mm-hmm. shooting all the time or working on the skill set. So, like I've I've just broken down bow hunting. I have such a love for it and such a love like harvesting a, a mature animal uh, in in like these extreme mountains of the lower 48, like to do that feels like climbing Everest. And once you climb Everest once, like, uh, you get that feeling, uh, uh, of success and that, that feeling of your hard work paying off. And so once I get that feeling, once I'm ready to go try to find it again and start working towards it again. And so, uh, really it's just these daily habits that I've built to make myself better for the mountains. And I just continue to strive forward with, um, nutrition with uh, a physical exercise with mental toughness with shooting my bow and then also there's so much that goes into it uh, that's just knowledge base as well it's like uh i don't sit in front of the the tv i mean i may sit in front of there an hour or two at night when i'm relaxing with the family but it's seven o'clock before i shut it down and uh, sit down and relax a bit and even then i can hardly sit down in a chair at that point then i'm stretching hmm. watching a show with the family or i'm on onyx uh, or google earth sur- some unit that I'll be hunting, trying to mark waypoints and vantage points and trailheads, and and really, there's so much knowledge that goes into it as well. And so, I'm just working on all those facets to be a better bow hunter daily. And uh, it 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 I reap the rewards once season gets here. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like you know you put in time every single day, whether it be a little bit or a lot. Some days it sounds like you've got obviously more time and then other days you've got a little bit of time, but you know, running, unfortunately it's a consistent theme that keeps coming up with people that I, you know, I respect their success. And I'm like, man, I absolutely hate running as one of my weaknesses. And I just need to, I just need to make it not a weakness anymore because it seems like that's a consistent theme, having that good ability to get out on the trail and run. Cause I could ruck for days. Um, that's something, you know, I'll be your pack mule. I'm not the fastest dude out there, but I'll carry whatever weight for however long. Uh, but I'm definitely not your runner. So, <laughs> and I- I the running I can works see- too, man. I think, I think right. rocking
1: works too. I think it's like just getting yourself out there and getting those workouts in like uh rocking is so important as well. But yeah, we, you know, and then it's like, we have our strong suits and our, in our weak suits too. It's like, man, running has become easy for me because I've done it for so long and almost get this enjoyment or love for it. And dude, I've sat at the trailhead and, and like sit in there for 20 minutes before I can get out and tie my <laughs> shoes on. Like I've thought about turning around because it's raining and, and and i have turned around i have failed and i go home and and, and then i then i feel like a like a, like a piece, you know, it's like I, then I, then I really feel bad about myself because I didn't go for a run. So man, I have these same challenges and, and challenges in motivation daily that, you know, I have to make myself do it. And now I've been making myself do it for long enough where I don't even have that fight or that talk with myself. I just get my running shoes on and get out the door and get started. I always feel better when I'm done. I never feel worse yeah. after a run. I always feel better. And so, um, man, I think it's just that discipline of making yourself get out and do it and then the consistency of it. Um, but yeah, like, um, uh, even though you hate to run, like, uh, I, like I, weightlifting is tough for me. Like guys, uh, can get into the gym and can lift weights and it's no problem. Like that's what I struggle with is like a run is easy for me. It's like habit. And so I can get out on the run, uh, no problem. But then, you know, I really have to put effort into total body fitness and upper body fitness so I can carry that pack. So my back doesn't go out. Like I'm not the biggest guy in the world either. And so like when I have to pack an elk out, uh, 400 pounds of meat or whatever the case is, like I got to make sure that I'm ready for it. And so for me, my discipline comes with like my body weight exercises, my upper body workouts. I've been doing like a mountain tough fitness lately. Like those guys are great in there. And those are the workouts that like I don't feel like doing. So that's why I have to do
0: them. Pardon the brief interruption here, guys, but I wanted to give a shout out to the show partners and affiliates, guys, the companies that I choose to work with so that I can provide you with discount codes. Again, if you're looking for anything in the outdoors industry, uh, supplements from First Form or workout equipment with GoRuck, etc., go check out the links down below. It's in every single podcast episode, so you don't have to have them memorized, and you can save some money. I almost guarantee you there's at least some kind of discount code down below to save you some money. So first and foremost, we've got First Form and First Form Outdoors. Guys, come join us over on the First Form Outdoors page. Let them know Redbeard sent you over on Facebook. Also, come join us at Redbeard's Fit Crew. Guys, two great, great Environments to gain friends and to further your knowledge and experience, and to just push yourself that much better every single day. First form, of course, I love the greens, I take those on a daily basis. Microfactor, guys, those are my dailies, and then, of course, the post workout stack that we'll get into a little bit more in another episode. I'll talk to you guys about that. Go check those out in the links down below, get free shipping on any order over 75 bucks. Also, go ruck this month of July. You guys are going to love this. It's like Christmas in July. It's 40% off using the link down below. Go check out GORUCK and whatever gear you've been looking to use for sand equipment uh, or your ballistic trainers, which are great for lifting. Your rough runners that just came out, maybe those Mac v 2s that you're looking to use for hiking, etc. Go check that out in the link down below. 40% off most of the gear on the site, up to 40% off. So go check that out. Of Course, we got Alpen Fuel, Heather's Choice, PSE Bows, Black Ovis, All in Digiscoping, A3 Archery Bowstrings, Cryptech, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery Stabilizers, Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, Absolute Aid CBD, My Medic, Affect Beard Oil, Bow Hunters United, and of course, the Muley Freak Bino Harness, the Game Changer. That's the one that I'm rocking. Uh, go check all those codes out down below, guys. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the conversation with Brian Barney. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and that and that's the thing for me is you know finding those uh, in your chinks in your armor or your weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, and and attacking them head on. And that not only does that make you better physically, but also um, you know it makes you better mentally because you're finding those weaknesses and you're saying I'm going to go straight after them because there's going to be times when you're up in the mountain and you don't want to be limited by a steep ridge or, you know, something that you have to get up or get down and then wonder how you're going to get back up. Like there's obviously a, a, a fine line between safety and then physical ability. Right. And so uh, there you got to find that line, but you also don't want to be limited by your physical ability when you're up there. Uh, you're chasing these mule deer, elk, whatever it is, even sometimes Turkey, man, spot and talk, spot and stalking mountain turkeys is just, that's one of the most difficult things out there, (laughs) especially with a bow. Um, but yeah, that's that. And then also some of the things, you know, I just barely got into, I went out on my first bear hunt, um, was it two weeks ago? And it, you know, some of the places that you can get into that bears live, they're not, they're not nice. They're not nice to your knees. They're not nice to your back, you know, and you want to be able to be physically capable to be able to get into those spots so that you couldn't find the critter that you're after. Uh, so, so I, I love that you bring that up, that there's days that you have to fight through mentally, even though you love running and you love getting out there, there's still those tough days where you, uh, you know, you still got to push through. So I think that's definitely something that's key for a lot of people out there as well to, to understand that no one's perfect. You know, you're going to find those moments where you are weak, but pushing through them, you're going to reap so much more benefit than than giving up on it.
1: Yeah, man. Um, spot on. It's like, uh, uh, you know, y- you get one chance at life and we hear that. Right. And it goes in one ear and out the other. But if you really think about it, like we get one chance at this deal. And so uh, like you, you you, really want to try to get the, the most out of it, you know, and you want to build you you can be anybody like you want to be the man you want to be, and so like you can decide who you want to be in life. You can decide what you want to get in life, and you can start working towards it. And it's available. Like there's opportunity for all of us out there. You just uh, like you have to get out and outwork the competition. You you have to build these character traits that you admire in different human beings, and whether that's um, a dedication or or whether that's uh, uh, you know, doing what you're saying you're going to do or doing like all these traits, these character traits that we admire, you can be that person. You just have to decide. And it starts today and you start making decisions that are around this, this bigger overall goal of the person you want to be. And you start working towards it. And eventually before you know it, you become that man.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, with that being said, how what came about that got you started on the podcast with eastman's elevated uh why why podcast why not jump it on the youtube train which you've got some great videos out now uh but why did you start with podcasting and uh and what what's the significance behind Eastman's elevated
1: yeah so um man, it's just like uh I I overthink everything. I overanalyze everything and and hunting, you know, a lot of the reason I've had successes I think outside the box. Like I'm always thinking of the next place to go or how to uh, get the correct vantage point that shows off country or, uh, uh, how to find these new areas. Like I learned a long time ago, like I'm not trying to follow anybody else or see where somebody's picture is and go to where they're going. Like, I want to put in the research and find the mountain ranges that, um, lend itself to my style of hunting. And I want to find, these places, like a lot of the enjoyment, like I think um it's human nature. Like we're adventurers by nature. And so to go to these new places and to be able to dial in these places, figure them out and be able to be successful is like everything to me. And so I just had all this information that I wanted to share and all these discussions that I wanted to have. And and I was writing at the time, but writing is like we have a magazine that comes out once a month and I get one article in dang near every magazine, you know that I'll, that I'll write or go in depth on one of these subject matters, but a podcast, it, it lent itself to me being able to dive deep down the rabbit hole of these different subjects and these different, um, uh, these different, different skill sets, the, the, the different facets that, that make you a quality bow hunter. And so, um, Really, I, I started it um, to to be able to to share some of my insight on these places, to be able to have these conversations. And I've also like it's it's helped me improve. It's helped me improve with my conversational skills, which has helped in business, which has helped in the hunting side of things like the, uh, the hunting industry to be able to walk into a room and have confidence and talk to anybody about anything. Like the, the one thing that I have my PhD in is bow hunting. And so it's like the one thing I can discuss with anybody out there and don't get too intimidated. Um, so, like it's been really good for me as far as human growth. I just started it. I just had so much information, so many things I wanted to talk about. And I had such a common thread with the blue collar bow hunter out there. Like here I am a carpenter. I'm a business owner. Like I'm 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 hunting these same lands that everybody else can have, the same experience everybody else can go do. I, I'm out there with them and I'm, I'm out there and my success comes not from being lucky. My success comes from hard work and dedication to my craft. And so like um, I'm able to explain that to guys and really reach guys with this common thread is I'm doing the same thing that they're out doing and able to articulate it and explain it to them. And so I think that was the basis before, behind starting the podcast and also it's like always been a dream to be able to do what I love to do and I you know, I love Barney Construction and being able to make a living at construction, but really my love is for bow hunting. And so the more, uh, revenue that I can make for it, the more time I can spend doing it, the more effort I can put into it. And I just love it with every fiber of my being. And so like, it was a way for me to start something that was my own, to have my own voice, to be able to get my word out there and to eventually start to attract the attention from some of these, um, outdoor companies that then would stand behind me and the podcast and the message that I'm putting out And also give me financial backing to be able to go on more of these adventures. Like, you know, I, it's not in the cards for me to go hunt a $30,000 brown bear or a $20,000 doll sheep, but there's all these adventures you can do for under a thousand or under $2,000. And so, you know, now through being able to make a little money in the outdoor industry, like I just got back from Australia, you know, I've been to New Zealand, I go to Hawaii every year and hunt with buddies. I've been to Alaska multiple times and then every Western state in the United States, I've hunted about every animal they'll let you hunt out there. And so (laughs) You know, through being able to make a little bit in the podcast industry or the outdoor industry, it's uh I pour it right back in and and uh it's been able to fuel future adventures and then future hunts, and then you know, the more financially secure I can get as I'm good with my bills and paying down my debt and like everything that I have I own. And so uh like I don't have much outgo. I don't have to make a lot of money. So I'm not a slave to the forty hours a week, fifty hours a week job just to be able to pay my bills and support my family. And so, you know, that's kind of been the goal the whole way along. But yeah, it's just grown into this beautiful thing, man, where I built like this, this audience that just supports the different ventures and different things I do that that follow me on social media or follow and download the podcast each and every week. And so then I also have this responsibility to, to these guys as it's become almost like a mentoring role, uh, a mentoring role, you know, in life, in perspective, in family and then in bow hunting. And and um, so that that's really been the journey. Uh, Eastman's Elevated like i don't know man it's just like a bit of a buzzword i don't I, I eastman's um i've always been part of eastman's like that company has been so good to me and has given me all my opportunities in the hunting industry and that's from writing to filming to podcasting and i can pitch an idea to to them and they support it you know like they they have such confidence in what i do and then back me a hundred percent and so uh like i definitely wanted to incorporate eastman's in the name and then um like everything I do, like it's just uh, uh, elevated. So our mission statement is, to, um, uh, uh, you know, to help uh, Western hunters become better and have more success, and that's exactly what the podcast did, and the information I was able to share. Uh, that's kind of the elevated part of it.
0: And that's outstanding. That's awesome. And uh, I love hearing that, you know, genuinely, you just want to help people get better. You want to provide information, but also to be able to pro- provide that information, you obviously need to have that experience. So you're also out there, you know, getting after it and, and doing, doing, putting back in, right. You're not just taking, hiding away these adventures, but you're, you're going and you're providing that information to other people so they can get better as well. So that, that's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I do want to ask, What's this so the bear behind you uh obviously people mount things for a reason <laughs> there's a story behind that bear I'm sure um is that a brown bear is that a black bear that's color phase what's going on with that bear
1: Yeah yeah this is a big color phase bear um Yeah. It's a a blonde color phase. It's a giant boar. He's as wide in the chest as he is the back end. Uh, he's a big six and a half foot bear. He's got like, he's just under a 20 inch skull. So yeah, he's a trophy bear. And, um, it's meaningful to me now. Like I have a bunch of hides and bears that I've harvested with my bow, but this was actually my first bear with my bow and bears, Um, like black bears, they're entry level dangerous game and they don't seem entry level when they're charging at you, you know, like they are (laughs) a real danger out there. And bears are just different than ungulates, man. They're different than shooting a deer or elk. And especially when you got to get so close with the bow and arrow, like you put an arrow into a bear, he roars like a lion and spins and bites at the arrow. I have actually been charged by two of them that I've hit with arrows. Uh, one that I had to hit with the second arrow that I was able to knock up and hit him behind the head into the lungs that died dang near at my feet and then another one I had to shoot with a pistol and both of these times or at least with the pistol you know the bear was just trying to escape downhill and I was in his way and had to defend my position Uh, and he had an arrow Mm -hmm. through the lungs luckily which slowed him down a bit but um this bear is special to me because it's uh you know I had hunted bears with my rifle a bit and then you know this is like Deep into my bow hunting journey where I had been bow hunting and I kind of came back and I'll find these different species. Like I hunted antelope once with my rifle and I didn't get hooked. But once I started hunting with my bow, like my respect for their instincts and their, uh, uh, they're just so keen. And especially when you get close, their eyesight's so good. It's just the ultimate challenge. And then I got hooked on it and I've, I've been antelope hunting every year since. And it was the same thing with these bears as I got hooked on bow hunting and had some success. And it was like, man, this spring, I'm going to go out and try to kill a bear with my bow. And at the time when I was doing it, there was nobody that was doing it. It was like, sure, you hunt black bears. They hunt them over bait or they hunt them uh, with dogs, but nobody's out spotting stalking bears with your bow and arrow. And I mean, I'm sure there Mm -hmm. was guys doing it, but at the time it felt like I was a crazy man because this is an open rifle season and I have my bow out there wearing orange trying to get close to this thing. (laughs) And this was just like this giant boar, man, that I had spotted on this grass, this like green hillside. And I had made this big play and bears, you know, you just got your experience hunting bears. Like you never see them close. You never like see them at sixty yards or see them in their five hundred yards off. They're miles off, you know. And so, like, you're always in for this super adventure, of like trying to get over to where they're at. And I got over to where he was at, and then I had him close. And he was walking right at me at about thirty yards. Turned and gave mm-hmm. me a broadside shot, and I put a perfect arrow into him, and and he went over and died. And so. This is like um a dangerous game for me like I like I said like you know and and never say never maybe I'll get my chance to hunt grizzly or to hunt brown bear but man, I'm a blue collar bow hunter. It's like, you know, if, if I can't do it for a couple thousand bucks, it's, I'm probably not interested in it, but black bears, I can hunt every year in their color phase and they get giant ones. They put weight on them. They're definitely dangerous game where you got to be good with your pistol and have this shooting process. And then like everything's ramped up. Like the intensity is ramped up. Like the, you have to put a perfect arrow in this thing because nobody wants to chase a wounded bear. Like nobody wants to wound any any animal on planet earth don't mm-hmm. get me wrong but a wounded bear uh you know chasing it in the thick brush you might get more than you bargained for and so like mm-hmm. you just um uh the everything's ramped up the intensity's ramped up and the excitement's ramped up and so to be able to harvest one with my bow this is like my first it was actually my first one with a bow it's still one of my biggest bears and one of the most awesome color phases so yeah this thing means the world to me
0: yeah no, that's amazing. And I figure, you know, most people that, unless you've got them all over your house, right. Um, you know, there's usually like, this is your office. So there's something about that bear that that's why you mounted it there. So I love that story, dude. I, <laughs> I'm pretty jealous. That's your first bear with a bow. Like <laughs> that's a pretty good size bear. I'd say that's a, that's a very large black bear and color faced bears are amazing. Um, we got to see one, I think it was was either two years ago, my buddy drew a tag here in Utah and we were using dogs and watching them chase this bear. He refused a tree. And uh, so he was old, mature, boar, color phase, beautiful cinnamon bear. Um, And I think the closest we got to him was maybe a hundred yards, but he was running and running. And then even to the point where he would just kind of trot and the dogs obviously wouldn't go up and and bite him or anything. But like, he just, he was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep walking till you guys get tired like (laughs) and you see these big old bears and you think they're these lazy you know winnie the pooh where they're sitting down eating honey and all this stuff they're they're impressive like with how much weight they carry they can get up to speed pretty quick they can move they're constantly grazing and moving they're not just plopping down and being lazy so so that's a that's a big deal that you were able to get a bear like that that's that's pretty sweet especially with a bow
1: Yeah, they say they can run at uh, 35 miles an hour. So uh, you can imagine a linebacker Mm. that that weighs, you know, 240 pounds (laughs) that can hit you that can run 20 miles an hour. Well, now you got a bear that weighs 300 pounds and he can run 35 miles an hour and he's leading with teeth and claws like you do not want to get hit by one of those things. Mm -hmm. So they're gnarly, man, and they... They do like they get that lazy rap because they do have a bit of a lazy behavior as they are the king of the mountain as they kind of graze around and feeding grass and they can kind of lull you into that. But the moment they want to kill something, the moment they want to go on the attack, the moment, you know, like being crafty and running from those dogs like. Uh, those things are absolute athletes and they'll put all their muscles into use to be able to get to you or to be able to get away from you. And so, man, they're a super cool animal and they're, they're really challenging. Like a lot of these bear seasons, I get to hunt them for two months, but there's been seasons where I have 50 days into trying to kill a black bear with my bow where I have 30 Mm. days into it. I think I'm like nine or 10 days deep into this bear season already it's been a late bear season here but last sunday uh i was able to arrow like a great well i wasn't able to arrow my buddy dan my best buddy hunting buddy was able to arrow a a chocolate phase just giant boar Mm. and i was right on his hip pocket it was like he was with me a couple years ago i killed a giant chocolate and he was with me and so I owed him one, you know, and so we spotted this bear and I told him from the very beginning, like, I'll go on the stock with you. I'll range find for you. And we're going to go try to kill this bear. But man, this is your bear. You're going to kill him. This is your chance, you know, and he was a great big boar. Of course, he was miles away. We had to run 2000 feet down this scree slope. My legs were (laughs) blown up for like three Mm. days after that. But (laughs) <laughs> we had to go in. We actually had to get on this bear in the meadow above them. We had seen a sow and two cubs grizzly up above them. And we'd actually, it's the second time we've seen that sow up on that meadow, but this bear came out below her and the lower meadow. And, uh, we just had to send it. And so we made our way over there and we're with bows again and, uh, trying to get close to this bear. We actually made this like one of the best moves we can make. And again, it's just knowledge in the mountains, but if, If a bear spooks from you, he probably winded you. They can smell seven times what a bloodhound can and 2,100 times what a human can. Like they can tell Mm. time by their scent. They're so good. And so this is like hunting these different species and these different habitats. They improve your skill sets in different ways that then you can apply in different places. Like how many people have been spooked by the wind? Well, go go hunt black bears with your bow and arrow in the mountains. It'll make you better at the winds. So on this bear, man, we held up. 500 yards from this bear with like these swirling winds and we didn't move forward it had taken us 50 minutes to get there and we sat there for 15 minutes not going after this bear because the winds were switchy and then all of a sudden that sun dove behind that hillside it started to shade that hillside which then that the air around the mountain starts to cool and starts to drop and we got these downhill thermals and it's like man now it's time and so we rolled up on this meadow, I was in my buddy Dan's hip pocket, like we were right next to him and we started rolling up and we're looking for him, looking for him in the edge of the timber, can't find him. And we just stopped past this Aspen slope and we had just looked for him and my buddy Dan took three or four steps and I spotted that bear off to our right and I had to just grab his pack and hold him and like there was no words needed. He knew exactly what was going on and we both ducked down and, and uh, we had about five minutes of playing around trying to get the right angle on that bear and then he finally put a perfect arrow into it and ran down over the hillside Mm. and then we just had this amazing adventure like you know getting some photos processing the bear and then um i think we got out at about two in the morning of packing that bear out but just this awesome experience where again it's like um You know, to live this full life, it isn't just about me arrowing critters. Like, it's also I want to bring all my friends along with me, and my friends are there for me no matter what. And friendships, it's it's second only behind family. Like, man, my friends mean the world to me, and I'm always trying to enrich their lives as much as I can. So to be able to help my buddy Dan arrow this giant chocolate bear and get him down, and we actually did a podcast like right after it. The next morning, on three hours of sleep, I got him on a recording. And we recorded the the whole hunt is on Eastman's Elevated. You can hear about it. But yeah, to be able to help my buddy Dan arrow a great bear, man, that's a winning season for me. And um, I'm still out. I still got 15 days. In fact, I think Dan will come back down here this weekend and we'll keep after him. And if I see the right bear, I'll arrow him. But, um, you know, I've killed enough of them now to where I don't need a small or a medium. It's like uh, if he's a giant one, I'm going to send it and try to kill him. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, like uh, I've already had a successful season season, man so yeah it's um it's really fun to be able to take part in like these spring hunts like uh black bears and there's a lot of opportunity for everybody out there you can come to idaho you can come to montana you can buy tags over the counter you can disappear in the woods and you can go have this same experience and um it's just about learning and progressing your skill sets to give yourself a good chance at success but yeah man bear hunting's awesome
0: no, that's, that is quite quite fantastic. It's definitely a better experience than what we had, but again, it was my first time out and we only had a couple of days. so um, I'm excited to get more into it uh it it's definitely an exciting time to get out during the spring um, and have more opportunity to be up in the mountains than just the fall. so and that's amazing man. um just kind of wrapping it up here. what would be, I guess one thing that you would leave for someone who is getting into archery, getting into bow hunting? Uh, is obviously not having maybe much success. Um, what's, what's a piece of advice that you would leave for them?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, comparison is the thief of, of happiness. And so don't compare yourself to somebody that like me, that's 25 years into my bow hunting journey. Like I'm definitely going to get more opportunities and have more success. And so, I think it's like um, uh, really try to enjoy the journey. That's like what I try to enjoy. It's not just the successful parts that I'm happy for or that I enjoy. It's like embrace the process. It's like find enjoyment in practicing and getting better with your bow. Find enjoyment like you were two days bear hunting, taking on this new venture, paying your dues, learning bears, learning a new species, going on this adventure. Like, Like really try to enjoy it. Like life passes by pretty quick and really the fun is in the journey. Journey, not the end goal. You know, it's like, I love arrow and critters and sure. That's my goal on every hunt, but some of my best hunts were unsuccessful hunts that I had this amazing adventure and really got to test my skills and had 10 days of chasing a giant around that, that just beat me, you know, that, that had better instincts or keener instincts or made the right moves. Like these animals are crafty. And so like, I just try to enjoy the process. And if you're really passionate about it, like, like follow your passion, put in the work and just keep driving to be a better bow hunter. like the harder you work on your skill sets, uh, the success will come. Like you will have the success that you're yearning for. If you just put in the work, if you enjoy the process and it's loving it for the right reasons, it's loving it for the adventure and loving it for the experience, not loving it for a social media post or the praise that you get by other hunters. Like that's not the good reasons to enjoy hunting. And so just make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. I say like, uh, enjoy the process, enjoy training for it. And through training for it, it's making you healthier, which is making you a a better father, better husband. It's, it's making you healthier and to have, to have passion and something you live for. Um, man, I think that's like the real key to life, you know? So if you found something that you love, don't be deterred by, um, A failure. Like, dude, the only reason I'm any kind of bow hunter is because I've failed every way you can fail. I've missed shots, I've messed up stocks, I've messed up hunts, I've made all these failures. I just try to learn from them and try to get better and try not to make the same mistake, you know, twice, even though it usually takes me two or three times to learn my lesson. I'm not the quickest learner out there. But I'd say, you know, just try to learn from it. Just be a sponge. Take in information, let your ego go. Go into the bow shops and try to learn about your bow and ask questions don't don't be worried about looking stupid or there is no looking stupid they you know there's there's just learning And this male ego or ego in general will get in our way of like being a student of the game and progressing at our skill sets and so you know ask people for help or ask friends for help or go into the bow shop like don't be afraid uh, to look like an idiot because um we're all idiots in the end. But uh, I, I think, I think that would be like the advice I'd give to a bow hunter. Like uh, uh, I think that would lead to a happy and fulfilling life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And on that, we can, we're going to wrap this up guys. I, you know, I really appreciate your time here, Brian. We're definitely going to have to do another one a part two or even more than that because you are a wealth of knowledge and uh, you've got so much experience. You've been through it. And on top of that, you're not just some single guy out there making it happen. But you've you've turned this passion into a career and also been able to find that balance with family, which is rare. It's hard to it's hard to find that. So I definitely appreciate your information here. Guys, I'm going to leave links down below. But Brian, uh, if you want to give a shout out to your podcast, your social media, where can they find you at?
1: Yeah, um, thanks so much, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. I love connecting with um, uh, like-minded individuals, so I just really appreciate you having me on the podcast. And definitely, you just hit me up anytime for a part two. But yeah, if, if guys are interested in following along in uh, my adventures, definitely follow my social media at Brian underscore Barney uh, on Instagram. That's about the only social media I'm on. And then, um, yeah, check out the podcast Eastman's Elevated. And then we have this new podcast with Dan Picard and I uh that's uh eastman's bow hunting journal podcast edition life of a bow hunter and i'm able to dive in depth in these subjects with um one of my really good bow hunting friends which makes for really good consistent uh podcasts so yeah we're putting out those podcasts you can check me out uh uh eastman's hunting journal on on youtube and catch some videos there and um yeah man that's about it we'll keep putting out content as long as people keep watching
0: Of course. Yep. And I'll, I'll leave those links down below guys. Again, thanks so much, Brian, for your time. I really appreciate it guys. Go check out his videos and podcasts and information. Again, just a wealth of knowledge and, uh, hope you guys are able to, of course, get out, live your life and love it. All right, guys, that was outstanding. I hope you picked up some golden nuggets there with that conversation, because really Brian is just a man that is trying to get better every single day. Loves his family has found a way to fine-tune the balance based on the seasons so that his family knows that when he's with them, he's 100% with them. When he's on the mountain, he's 100% on the mountain. This man is focused and driven. Definitely go check out Brian's stuff. I'll leave the links down below so you can find Brian. Guys, if you got something out of the show, share it. Tag me and the share that you put on your story. Uh, definitely leave a review. costs you nothing. And, Go subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys. We're continuing to grow. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Look forward to continuing to grow with you and seeing you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors Facebook pages, guys. Love to have you over there. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. And now that we're coming up on 4th of July, of course, happy 4th of July Independence Day. Go celebrate it with your friends and family. Make those memories happen. And of course, God bless America. Have an amazing day rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life and love it.